All right, the Premier League, the gift that just keeps on giving. Uh, I'm sorry for our bad etiquette. We should ideally be introducing ourselves to you first, but what a day for sports! What a day! My name is Devaswani, and I am a die-hard Real Madrid fan. My name is Rohan Mukherjee, and I'm a massive Liverpool fan. My name is Swayam, and I'm a massive Man United fan. And you are listening to the Formula Football Podcast, where we will be discussing interesting matters. of football and formula 1 as they unfold right in front of you okay so okay, today we're going to be talking about uh, the premier league in general just assessing every club's progress this season talking about the title race talking about the top four and also the relegation battle so yeah we'll just start off with that um so yeah first coming to the title race between City and Liverpool. It was quite an interesting final day. Um, quite some ups and downs. Like for me, it was quite disappointing as Liverpool lost eventually. And yeah, but I would say it's a really good season for us. And the fact that Manchester City didn't have a striker the whole season and yet managed to finish first is really outstanding. Uh, so I'm worried about on United. I'd say that calling it just interesting is a bit of an understatement. It was just an outstanding finish in general because the way Man City came back from a two-nil deficit after 68 minutes in five minutes to score three goals without a striker, as you said, is just unbelievable. It really shows the quality of the players that they have, the the investments that they've made, and it really shows. uh the development of man city under pep guardiola where they have been questioned sometimes for not having the bottle as they say in the champions league and other important matches but they have really come through and shown that they indeed do have what it takes to win everything in fact and it's just their own bad luck that they haven't probably won the champions league yet uh what do you say about that dev so of course now i have Seen a lot of both La Liga and the Premier League, and now on final day I have two matches open on two screens. I am looking at Manchester City playing football. All right, what a system! I guess sometimes in such high pressure situations, I can see Pep overthinks his tactics. But Aston Villa go one nil up. I say, all right, they can probably come back from this. It's two nil. Come back in five minutes. That was that was impressive. That is something I haven't I haven't seen before for sure. Yes, as a Real Madrid fan, I. Definitely, I haven't seen three goals coming in five minutes. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that I thought the title was, you know, it was at a bit of a stalemate. Liverpool one-one, Manchester City two-nil down. It's tied on points. Man City winning comfortably on GD. So, for me, at that point, I was I didn't see much happening. But then both City and Liverpool turned their games around. So, I guess that's a little bit of luck on Pep's side. But yeah, you definitely have to praise his quality football the entire year. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that it was quite unexpected because, like, if initially I thought that you know, um, Liverpool were probably gonna get held by Wolves for a draw, and Man City will lose, and Man City will eventually win. But like, and when Aston Villa like continued scored, and Aston and Man Aston Villa took that lead, everyone really thought that okay, it's done. Liverpool's winning. But like, the impact that Gundogan and Sterling had off the bench was just mad. Like, they just showed a lot of passion. And you know, it reminds me of the Liverpool Barcelona game and the UCL. So yeah, I think that was something that was missing from Manchester City um, for most of the season. Like we were seeing 
the generic Manchester City football, but yeah, I think it's one occasion where the fans finally got to enjoy a moment where, you know, just like the Aguero days. Yeah, and Gundogan coming off the bench, it's, it's another point of a Manchester City I wanted to bring up. Now, when you look at the starting 11 on paper, and you compare it to Liverpool's starting 11 on paper, you will you will see that Liverpool has a lot, you know, bigger names in their starting 11. But the yeah, thing that yeah. drives Manchester City ahead of Liverpool for me is the insane squad depth they have. Like, the squad depth Manchester City has, no other club in the world possesses it. And now we've seen yeah. Jack Nielus didn't really perform in his debut season for City, but a hundred million pound signing just sitting on the bench waiting to come on. Just the, the, the amount of the mindset that Manchester City have, knowing that they are such a such an expensive player, such a valuable player on the bench. Surely that's another factor that pushes them mentally as well. Yeah, yeah of course. they're also signing uh, Alvarez, Haaland, and probably another midfielder. I think it's going to be Nunez. Um, from Sporting City because they're planning on selling, ironically, they're planning on selling Gundogan and Sterling, who literally made the impact. So, yeah, it's just going to get stronger, younger, and more exciting that depth. So, yeah, it's just crazy to see what that has done. Yeah, he's completely transformed this city side, even from, um, you can say, a title-winning team to just this uh, form of dominance that we haven't seen, actually, since the Sir Alex Ferguson days. Of course. And uh, he's completely transformed this side depth-wise. And yeah, you can say he spent a lot of money. He's uh, he's overspent FFP or whatnot. But he has really uh, shown that what money can do. And you can say, make a case that Man United have not done anything near what Man City have done despite having a similar spend. And yeah, that just shows the quality of... Uh, you can say the difference in quality of the scouting and Pep Guardiola's judgment compared to the managers that Man United have had. And perhaps the backing as well. Yeah, I think mainly the backing, but also the fact that that is crazy. Because you've seen, you know, Tottenham, Arsenal and even United recently have gotten like quite a lot of backing, um, but still haven't performed up to their expectations. I think Tottenham has performed this season, but the previous two seasons weren't as per their expectations. But yeah, I think, what do you think will be the next season? Will it be Man City again? Or could you see Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham coming up? I think it's it's got to be Man City. Uh, like, honestly, I think Liverpool have got what it takes. But they're really unlucky as a team to come up against this Manchester City side. Which, which in like you can debate this is their golden generation and they are facing... An adversity like Man City, kind of similar to like uh, Croatia's golden generation. Perhaps the best chance of having a World Cup, but they come up against that France monster team. Similar to that, you can say. And uh, I think head to head next season, it all depends on the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Um, because City have already signed two attackers. So I'm assuming they're probably going to lose one out of probably Jesus, Mahrez or Sterling. Um, and they're replacing them with, you know, Alvarez and Haaland, as I said. And they're like, you know, they're young, they're good, they're promising, but they don't have the experience that the ones they're letting go have. So I'm excited to see how that works. I think Haaland will probably have a 20-goal season and will probably win the Golden Boot. So that's another factor which can, again, 
lead bank for the title again but again as i said it depends on the transfer window i feel liverpool um we really need to like get our midfield depth sorted so i think signing someone like chuamani who we are heavily linked to is going to really make a difference because we've had you know players like jordan henderson and keita who aren't always up to the mark and thiago fabinho you know going through fitness issues and even like in the ucl final which is happening thiago and fabinho still doubt so it just shows that our squad is aging but i think if klopp invests in the midfield specifically maybe can three with two or three midfielders personally i would like to sign chuamani betinia and viera um two of them the latter from porto so i think that would be one key factor and probably could be liverpool as well i don't know but yeah i guess it probably be for now manchester city as long as liverpool don't get chuamani or another world class midfielder and i also yeah, think yeah kind of agree with Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. At the moment, it's looking all Man City because already their incredibly strong squad just got even stronger with Haaland. And they are making quite a few other signings. I can predict that already. It's, for me, it's all about Liverpool's summer window. Liverpool gave Man City fierce competition this season. And oh, the only way they can compete is if they strengthen their midfield, like you said. An attack... Again, I don't know the situation about Mane and Salah and whether they're going to continue at the club. We'll only know in the summer window. But Liverpool yeah. looks strong in attack with Luis Diaz, who is honestly phenomenal. Defensively, solid as always. With Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is the best right-back in the world by far. Virgil van Dijk, one of the best centre-backs in the world right now. So, it's just about Liverpool's midfield. Thiago is amazing, but again, plagued with injuries. You know, you can't expect consistent 9 out of 10 performances from him. So, definitely yeah, exactly. midfield depth. And I think Liverpool versus City, that's going to be the Premier League for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, and that, also Chelsea. Like, no, I, I don't think Chelsea are like, that up to the mark. Because if you exactly. look at the table right now, uh, you've got Man City first with 93 points. Liverpool second with 92. And then Chelsea third, 19 points behind Manchester City. You can bring up the conversation that their fullbacks were you know, sorry their wingbacks were injured in Chilwell and James but uh it's 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 just an incredible gulf in quality to go 19 points behind the champions in third and even if they have a ridiculous summer window which I doubt they will because of all the uh problems with the ownership and of course they have new owners now but I don't know if they'll invest as heavily as Abramovich and i think boli yeah. also said that he will invest heavily so um that's one factor and i think they've already bagged kunde because uh rediger and christian sunal leaving but it all i think it all depends upon how they invest in their attack which is right now sort looking very good pulisic ch havertz so yeah i think it mainly depends on how they invest in their attack and probably one yeah. midfielder they are yeah, really. germany just like liverpool as well so Yeah, I think Chelsea totally depends on transfers, and even after transfers, you don't know if the transfers are going to succeed. So I feel like Chelsea is completely out of the question. They might be. You never know. It's just football, but from my point of view, I think it's going to be Liverpool City again, as you said. And also, as Dave pointed out, Liverpool also need to work on their attack because, uh, as he said, that uh, Mane and Salah, the contract situation, you know, they're not going as planned. I think Mane is getting bids from Bayern now. So and Salah wants. I think in my personal opinion, Salah deserves less than 
ചാൻസ് Uh, to get yeah. Europa League football again, and uh, they they bottled it to Brighton, and uh, Brighton are a good team, of course. But uh, when you have that chance, you should your team should be experienced enough to take it, and they clearly weren't. So I think in the next two three years, perhaps if they continue building in this direction, I think West Ham can be in the top four race for next season. But uh, I think for now the main shouts are Tottenham, Arsenal, and Man United. Of course, Man United look. quite far off the mark right now but with the new manager perhaps they can get some momentum in the transfer window uh he can perhaps look an attempt for a top 4 finish but i think more important than that is to try and break the trophy drought because i would not mind finishing 5th or 6th if we can win the fa cup or carabao cup or something like that or even the europa league of course and uh arsenal and tottenham right now have pretty uh, not strong as in not strong compared to man city liverpool but pretty strong squads maybe not as big names as man united but they have uh, the cohesion and both of them have a good project going on right now uh conte i guess is sort of uh, uh deciding whether he wants to leave or not in the summer maybe to if psg approaches him maybe he'll leave and uh, start a project there but uh, of course rumors came out today that uh, mbappe holds poch in high regard and he wants to keep him anyway it depends on of course the window but i think next season it's arsenal's time to finally get champions league football again also um, um yeah um spurs actually have a 150 million investment guaranteed by daniel levy to conte so you know you can they can use that up i mean obviously i think 20 30 million will go into kulusevski but if they spend the rest well i think they can really level up that squad probably better than uh united and about arsenal i feel i think arsenal are also good so they missed out like just by i think one or two points i'm not really sure i think yeah 2.69 so i think if they sign a good attacker they been lack is at and yeah in that in probably got another midfield i think they're getting tielman So let's see. I'm interested in how. I think they're going to go for Dan- Darwin Nunez as well. Osimhen, some of those attackers. So, also good. Another interesting shout. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And another shout I think from my side is Newcastle. Because I really feel they're going to have like a probably six, seven player window. And it's all going to be these like promising talents and stuff. And probably one or two experienced players. and you know they've climbed up from like 19th to 11th so that's crazy 
and this Bruno Guimaraes guy is just mad. So let's see. I think Newcastle will be more than West Ham. I think West Ham simply because of the fact that they might sell right, and they won't have that stability in their midfield anymore. And then even Bowen is prone to be sold. It's like say Salah doesn't review at Liverpool. I think they will probably buy Bowen. I think that's their top target. So, um, yeah, I don't think West Ham will make probably can finish eighth or seventh. But I think Newcastle will be better than West Ham this season, next season. Yeah, Dave, what are your thoughts? I think, yeah, like you guys said, it's going to be quite close between three or four teams. Spurs for sure. With what Conte has done so far, I'm really impressed personally. What he's done to Son and Kane, it's really impressive. Of course, we've seen this Son and Kane duo a lot in the past also, but this season they've put up insane numbers, especially in the second half, and they've taken that top four spot away from Arsenal. Now Arsenal, in my opinion, you won't see too many big names in the club, but they've got a very young squad. They've got a very uh, a squad which can, if molded right, be a really really top team. I don't, I don't exactly have anything clear about Arsenal. It, their season could go either way. You know, they could either compete for top four, or they could finish eighth again. So I don't really. I it's too early for me to say for Arsenal. Man United, very complicated club to talk about. It's like we said, Ten Hag. He's an amazing manager, but then again, it depends all on the backing from the board. If they sign big names like how they did last year with you know Ronaldo, Sancho, and Varane, if if Ten Hag gets who he wants. Maybe we could see United compete for a top four, maybe top three. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, outside the ring, Leicester City had a pretty off season. Now they're going to lose Yuri Tielemans, so I don't exactly see them competing. West Ham, you could argue West Ham could compete because along with the Premier League games this time, they were also playing in the Europa League and they were doing quite well in it. Uh, I expected West Ham to go all the way. I'm not going to lie, but. It's still a pretty comfortable, good run from them, and I guess it's because of the midweek fixtures from the Europa League that the players, you could say, they got a little fatigued. You know, not used to European football. And now, yeah. uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, since we're on this topic of outside the top four clubs, Brighton. My God, what a season! They finished ninth. Did, did you expect that? I didn't expect that. And uh, yeah, I think Graham Potter is like a world class manager. No, I don't think he's world class, but I think he's good for clubs like, of course, Brighton Wolves. Uh, so clubs like that that are trying to get into the top ten, trying to perhaps push for European football. And uh, I think uh, Potter, there were loads of doubts about him when uh, Brighton uh, went. I think around two months or two and a half months without a win at the start of the season, but he's really pulled the season back for Brighton, and he's done really well. Uh, to finish ninth, uh, above the likes of Brentford, who expected to do well, Aston Villa, who uh, sacked Dean Smith midway, uh, Gerard was expected to fire them perhaps to a top half finish, but that was not the case because Brighton clubs like Brighton Wolves, Newcastle really had a great comeback from uh, where they were at the start. So yeah, Brighton, I think it's a good project for Porto, but I think he's gonna move on to maybe a bigger club. I don't know if it's going to be Premier League or abroad, but uh, I think he will be moving on to a bigger club soon because he has done a really good job at Brighton so far. And Wolves, well, isn't it a bit disappointing for them? Yeah, Wolves, of course, it is disappointing. I think they were eighth for a majority of the season and to finish tenth, I mean, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world, but 
they could have gotten they got yeah. they could have gotten that push to european football to conference league it would have been tough with teams like west ham man united arsenal of course competing not arsenal but man united west ham competing for that spot but they had zero uh, wins in their last five games as well yeah it's it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty bad form from wolves but yeah i mean uh, they've done the best they can i think bruno large has done a pretty good job after wolves lost nuno of course uh, nuno had done a fantastic job at wolves for the last 4 uh, 5 years but uh, yeah it came to an end and his first career didn't go really well either Yeah, another another... Villa, right? So I feel Aston Villa is going to have like another good season. I think they're going to be a 9th place, 10th place club next season because their midfield, I think they didn't get much time to gel in. Like Coutinho, Gerrard, you know, they just came in abruptly to start a playing game. Gerrard started managing. So, but I think like with a proper pre-season, time to like prepare, plan. And now they just got that Kamara guy who was on like Man United. You know, a lot of big clubs transfer it, and I think that's going to make a huge impact. Their midfield will probably be Kamara, and they find Coutinho, and uh, I don't know about the third, probably Ramsey or someone. I think it's going to be great, considering they get the uh, amount of time to prepare themselves. So I think they're going to have a good season as well. Under dark horse for like a really yeah. dark horse, possibly for maybe Conference League football. and i think if they have the time to gel i think uh, gerard can do a good job at villa because he's shown that he can he's a really good manager he's uh, he broke the celtic dominance at uh, in the spl of course so he, we we've seen what he can do as a manager is just whether he can produce that in the premier league uh, another thing i wanted to bring up actually is uh, of course everton a really controversial season from them and yeah. i don't think anyone expected them at the start of the season to finish 16th with players like richarlison dominic calvert-lewin uh of course it's been a horror season for them but they've survived relegation of course they lost uh, a great manager in carlo ancelotti so where do they go from here um i think they're going to get relegated again really i mean probably they're going to get into the relegation you know battle again Yeah, I I don't see Lee, I don't see Everton fighting anywhere above you know fourteenth or thirteenth next season as well. Yeah, but definitely I, I below fifteenth. I just don't see what's happening. Yeah, I don't see anything you know too special. Nothing cooking at that club at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, you know I think Frank Lampard could do a good job in uh, developing youngsters like Anthony Gordon. but yeah it all depends on the club's investment which has been good in the past so if lampard is given the tools perhaps he could do well of course uh, with ten hag coming van der beek's probably returning to man united he hasn't impressed as much on loan he's been a solid player for them but uh, he hasn't impressed as much uh, dele ali i think has been a disappointment in my opinion yeah and exactly. uh, and also um, this guy um richarlison And both Pickford, they want to leave the club. I mean, they, it's not like they want to, but they're gonna get offers. Yeah, the Charles. I think Everton fans themselves don't want Pickford. They want a better goalkeeper, and Pickford can get them a lot of money to invest further. I think I read that somewhere. Um, but yeah, the Charleston is on the list for Carlo Ancelotti at Madrid. Now they didn't get Mbappe, so I don't know. They what's your thoughts about the Madrid fans? 
I honestly think it's just a rumor because Richarlison has obviously been linked to Madrid even last season when Carlo first yeah. joined the side. I do not think it'll happen. If I I think obviously Luka Jovic and Mariano Diaz are both going to get offloaded this summer. Uh with Karim Benzema 34 years old, best player in the world of course. He's aging. Obviously you can't make him play every single game now. So yeah, I think he should go for someone to... young like Darwin Nunez or like Milinkovic Savic. That is a possibility, but honestly speaking from the way I've seen how Madrid operates in these signings I think for the time being they'll go with a relatively experienced striker but the problem is now I don't see any you know potential number 2 strikers between the ages say 27 to 30 I I honestly don't see where they're going to pull out a player from yeah that's there and of course I think Real Madrid are linked to Raul de Tomas but we will discuss that when we get to La Liga anyway uh, moving on to the relegated clubs uh Burnley Watford Norwich I think Norwich being rock bottom is not a surprise to anyone uh yeah I think Watford I was a bit surprised with with uh finishing so low exactly. on points having the most losses in the league as well uh they were just one point more than Norwich yeah. which I th- I thought they had a better squad than a uh, 19th place finish with 23 points but Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of stuff went wrong at Watford. Burnley, of course, after five or six years of surviving in the Prem under Sean Dyche, uh, it's finally come to an end. And yeah, I mean, it's it's the end of Burnley ball till the next yeah the season after. So yeah, I think it's Watford pretty sad. Actually a, Watford actually had a pretty decent start to the Premier League as well. You know, they have uh, good players they, as well, like Dennis and all. Um, Star, pretty good players. Yeah, they have a quality squad, and of course, they started off strong with a three-two win over Aston Villa. I was watching that game, so I thought this Watford team. It looks like they're going to concede a lot, but they are also scoring a lot. So I, you know, I actually didn't expect them to get relegated. So it's a little bit of a surprise as their form fell off. Because they also had Josh yeah. King, who showed signs of promise at the start of the season, a hat trick against Everton. but yeah in the 5 to win that was a yeah. great game we really thought like from that point on that watford yeah they have a chance of surviving but he's they've really fallen off yeah uh, i think watford was like they've always been like that they've never been able to like sustain themselves in the time yeah well, what about the teams that are like coming up fulham bournemouth and i think the playoff and huddersfield versus nottingham i'm excited about fulham because i feel neko will them to eventually go there And yeah, it's a pretty decent squad. Do you think any of them will stay up? I I think Fulham are going straight back down. To be honest, because that that is what yeah, Fulham and Norwich Norwich do. I think they won't uh, be rock bottom. I, I think Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth have a good chance of staying up because two seasons ago we saw what happened on the final day again that goal line controversy with Bournemouth yeah, with and Apple, that uh, of course yeah, and that sent them down. So I I don't know. I haven't. Follow the Premiership much, but I think if Bournemouth can maintain a decent enough level, they will stay up. Yeah, of course yeah. they have. And who do you think will win between Huddersfield and Nottingham? That's the playoff. Yeah, I I think Sunday. for football heritage, it has to be Nottingham. Two-time yeah, yeah, Premier League sure. winners. Yeah, sure. I I, I feel that I would love to have them back in the Prem. Of course, uh, mm-hmm. one of yeah. our own players is there. Uh, James Garner, and yeah, yeah he is. 
I think he's been a pretty good player for Nottingham under the circumstances and he has uh, done pretty well. And seeing Nottingham back in the Prem would be great, honestly, because uh, they are actually uh, one of the most successful clubs in the European stage in Premier League history. And yeah. having them back in the Prem would be great, yeah. Yeah, they've got good players as well. Like, uh, I, we played them in the Africa Cup. They've got pretty decent players like Davis, Lolly, James Garner, as you said. He was pretty decent. I think they were that one FA Cup team that held us back. Because we only scored one goal against them that well in like the 70th minute. So, yeah, I think Nottingham Forest was a very tough game. Like, we watched it personally. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Nottingham Forest have a good chance of staying up. Mainly because, you know, they've got two UPL, they've come back to the Prem, good vibes. It's yeah. about football health. I think it, they're going to stay up. I, I think the relegated teams next season will be Bournemouth. Um, Fulham, I really want them to stay up, but I don't think they will. So, it'll be Bournemouth, uh, Fulham, and third, I'm not so sure of, but I think it'll be Southampton. You know, I actually, at the start of this season, I predicted Southampton to go down. And they have sort of just uh, pivoted themselves at 15 place, 14 place, something like that. Because they finished their last season as well after a pretty disastrous second half. So, yeah, I think Southampton will stay up again. I think Hassan Mutl is doing a decent job in the sense that he's not probably getting as many funds as he would like. Of course, he also lost Danny Ings at the start of the season to Aston Villa. So, I think Hassan Hootel will manage to stay up again. I personally think Leeds will go down next season. And I think Nottingham will just edge it, similar to how Leeds edged it this season on the last day. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there was a clause, right? That if Leeds get relegated and then Barcelona get Rafinha for 25, but they haven't. So, Barcelona yeah. will, I think, I think the price now goes up to, what, 50, 60, something like that? I'm not too sure. But still, I think it's still enough to like make investments. So I believe like uh, Leeds have set their asking price at sixty-three million pounds for Rafinha. Reportedly, oh, yeah. from one of my friends who's a Leeds fan, he mentioned a recent offer from Barcelona for around fifty-two or fifty-three million got turned down. Yeah, so I think if Leeds do sell Rafinha. Maybe they invest in the squad a bit more, but I think selling. I think they should try their best to keep Rafinha. Of course, if they come in with an undeniable offer of 65-70 million, of course, you should sell him. But uh, they shouldn't sell him for a, a pound under the asking price because he is a quality player and he uh, he could single-handedly keep Leeds up next season as he has this season. And he's, he's quality and Leeds should try their best to keep him. Yeah, He was pretty average in the last few, you know, the Mom last few games he was average, yeah, I'd say that. But he he had like a ten game. Yeah, yeah I no, think but... he went fourteen games with only one non-penalty goal. Yeah, but again, it's it's not uh, as easy to score goals as fluently in a in a team like Leeds. Exactly, and his play style also is like super to that. Yeah, more like a bit of a creator. Yeah, yeah, and Bamford's pretty, been pretty like disappointing as well. He's, he's been injured most of the season, actually. So Yeah. So, I think, I actually, think, yeah, with the firepower. Yeah. They have Dan James, right? Playing at right wing? Yeah, they have Dan James at left wing, actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Leeds will get relegated. As I said, it's going to be Southampton, Fulham, and Bournemouth. 
they who yeah. do you get relegated mm no that's it's a little tricky to answer at the moment but you know i would say fulham are definitely going down yeah everton may have a chance of going down and i i'm not too convinced by the way they're playing right now it's very unpredictable sometimes they have to come onto the pitch like they just they just have to be there so yeah. Maybe I think Everton will probably go down. And for the third spot, for me, it's between Southampton and Bournemouth. I think if Nottingham or Arsfield, either of them, whichever one comes up, I think they'll do a similar job like Brentford. They'll be somewhere in the lower half of the table, but a little far away from relegation. Yeah, Yeah, actually, I wanted to bring that up as well. Shout out to Brentford. They've had a pretty good season considering they came from the championship. after losing i think a playoff final or a semi final i'm not exactly sure but they have come to the premier league finished 13th uh, it's obviously like not leads like last season finishing 9th and causing major upsets but i think they've done a really good job thomas frank has done a really good job at brentford and uh, yeah to finish with 46 points is pretty impressive in your first season in the prem in i think 70 75 years and they got some big results against big clubs like of course arsenal on the first day a 2-0 win and yeah i think thomas frank has done a really good job at steering the ship and i think they should aim for a top half finish next season if the funds are allocated to them they should do a good job and we conclude the episode with that that's all we have for the premier league catch us next time as we discuss the ups and downs in the la liga season ciao